You're listening to a message from Impact Student Ministry, a middle and high school-oriented production of The Summit Church. So there's a Chinese man and uh, his wife. They go to a marketplace. They're looking around at the marketplace, and they see this booth, and they've got this beautiful bamboo for sale on this booth. And I don't know if you know anything about Chinese bamboo, but it's, it's pretty incredible to see kind of how it grows and everything. And so they're like, man, I'm, I'm going to check this out and see what's up with this booth. This guy's selling this bamboo for like crazy amounts of money. So they walk over to the booth and they go, hey, uh, you know, we noticed you're selling this bamboo for a lot of money. How long did it take you to grow all this, this bamboo? And the guy looked at him and said, uh, about three, four weeks. They said, man, okay, we're, we're in the wrong business, you know. We, we need to, well, can we buy some seeds from you? Can we get some of this, these seeds? Because we're going to start farming bamboo. Uh, three or four weeks, you can sell it for this. This is incredible. And so he was like, sure. He gives them some seeds. They go home, and they plant the seeds, and they water it, and the sun comes out, and everything's the way it should be. And three to four weeks later, they have nothing, no bamboo. So they're scratching their heads. This guy told us three to four weeks, what's happening here? What's going on? And so they're like, well, we're committed now. You know, we've already planted the bamboo. So let's go ahead and, you know, keep watering it, be consistent and diligent. We'll do it. So a year goes by, and there's still no bamboo. No bamboo has grown. Well, they're already a year invested, right? I mean, might as well keep going. So they're diligently watering this. The sun is getting to it. They know all of the conditions are right. Two years go by, no bamboo. So at this point, they're like questioning, do we have the wrong seeds? Is, did he give us duds? What is going on with this bamboo? But now we're committed. We've got to keep going. So by year three, they're consistently doing what they're supposed to be doing. There's no bamboo. Nothing's growing. And so, I mean, of course, I would have given up at this point. And so they're talking about giving up. They're like, we're done with this. This is a waste of time. I know we can make a ton of money. And they talk, and they end up deciding, no, we're going to do it. We're going to do this one more year. We're going to commit to this. Fourth year, they had one inch of bamboo. One inch. And so after year four, they were like, okay, we give up. We're done. No more trying to grow this bamboo. Little did they know that in the next 27 days, the bamboo would grow 80 feet tall. So after year four, the bamboo grew in 27 days, 80 feet tall. Their consistency over the four-year period had paid off by stalks of bamboo 80 feet tall. Now, what you didn't realize is that Chinese bamboo, this is normal. They didn't know. Chinese bamboo takes four years before it starts growing, and then it grows one inch every 40 minutes. That's how fast it grows, after four years. So it develops a root system for four years so that it can support an 80-foot stalk of bamboo. They didn't know this. They had no idea. All they knew is that they started this project and the payoff was at the end and they needed to consistently pour into this and they needed to make sure the conditions were right. They needed to do what they needed to do. And even after they, were, they had given up, they were done. Little did they know, 80 feet of bamboo, profit, crazy profit. So tonight, I'm going to ask you very specifically to start your bamboo tree. We're going to pick a bamboo tree tonight and you're going to lead that. 
So over the last two weeks, uh, we're in the streak series. You guys have been talking about your Snapchat, your streaks, you know, your streaks on Snapchat. Uh, I heard some people were asked to maybe break some of those streaks. I heard that rumor. I don't know if that's true or not, but I, you know, hope you made it through that. Seems okay. Everybody's good. All right. And so uh, we talked about silent alone time with God, spending, a, making a consistent effort, putting our streak together with spending time with God. Talked about uh, giving, sharing, getting our streak together with giving and sharing. Well, tonight I want to talk about our leadership streak. I want to talk about us putting a streak together uh, of your leadership, of you leading whatever is around you, because God's plan for you specifically for you is to lead the way in something. That's His plan. Uh, you, can, you can not understand it now, you may not see results now, but something is there for you to lead. God's plan for you is to lead the way. So some of you might be totally freaked out and scared, and you're going, wait a minute, whoa, 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 I'm not, I'm not a leader. I know leaders. I'm not a leader. Uh, I'm too young. I'm too scared. You know, I, I don't have enough knowledge to lead. You know, I, I may be, uh, to me, heck, I think it's arrogant. I think Christians that think they know it all and say that Jesus is the only way, that's arrogant. I don't want to lead that, right? There's all these feelings. There's these emotions. I'm not perfect. How could I lead something that if I'm not perfect? You know what? You may be right. You may be right. It may not be the time for you to lead. You may need to find people to follow. You may need to find some people around you that could pour into you, that can mentor you to get you to a stage where you might be able to lead something. Because you know what's interesting? You, your mind will accomplish whatever you tell it to. Your mind wins. Your mind will win every single time. And so if you're sitting here right now in this moment and you're telling yourself, I can't lead. I'm not smart enough. I don't know enough people. I'm not perfect. I could never do this. Your mind eventually will realize that. And so you're already defeated. So I want to challenge you. You know, failure is not an option here because even though you might not see it and you may not understand the payoff, think about the bamboo tree. For four years they poured into it and the payoff came. Big returns. Big, big, big returns. So here's a little secret to leading the way. Remember I told you God's plan for you is to lead the way. So here's a little secret. The best leaders I know and the best leaders in history and everyone that I've ever seen is successful at what they do. They've failed a lot. They fail a lot. And you know what they do? They admit it. They admit their failure. They admit, hey, I've reached this place. One of my, here's one of my favorite quotes. I love this. Uh, Thomas Edison, who we all know, hopefully through his history class, invented the light bulb, right? So my favorite quote of his, he, he failed 10,000 times before he made the light bulb. And he said... I didn't fail 10,000 times. I learned 10,000 ways not to make a light bulb. That's powerful. I mean, you want to talk about a positive mindset? You want to talk about his mind not tricking him into thinking he can't make a light bulb? 10,000 times? Who in here could do 10,000 wrong way? I, I, I couldn't do it. I'd have quit like what? Like 800 in? You know, maybe? I don't know, 50? I, it might only take two. I don't know. I'm pretty impatient. I've been like, yep, two times that didn't work. Well, must not be meant to be. Right? I mean, it's, it's funny to say it that way, but 10,000 failures? Wow. So to me, what I'm noticing is the secret, the secret to you leading the way is that you have to admit these failures and learn from them. 
He learned every time he failed how not to do it, which got him one step closer. One small step closer, because you got to remember, God's plan for you is to lead the way. So let's dive in a little bit, and let's talk about what this leading the way looks like. And for me, what I think, and, and, and if, you're not, if you're not a Christian in here, and you don't necessarily care or want to live by it, if you will, just, just humor me for a couple of minutes, because we're going to talk about some scripture. And what I want you to understand is, hear me with an open mind, uh, accept this moment, and just know that, look, I'm a Christ follower, I accept you right where you're at. So just humor me, and let's, let's dive in a little bit to one of my favorite people, which is Paul. And most of you have probably heard us talk about Paul, someone up here talk about Paul a lot. The reason that Paul is so amazing is because he started off as probably the worst failure as a Christ follower. He was murdering Christians and was converted and now wrote most of the New Testament as we know it. And you want to talk about a guy leading the way, a, a powerful way, a way that was not being accepted. And he probably put, I mean, way more than four years in and did not see very much return. Paul was grueling. He was just all about this idea. And so here's one of the problems he had. I want to, I want to walk you through this, so just humor me. So one of the problems the early church had was that if you were a Jew in early times before Jesus, you were totally good to go. Like if, if you were Israel, you were chosen, you were God's people, you were totally good. If you were a Gentile, you were hated, despised, killed, fill in the blank, you, you were a Gentile. So the event of Jesus' resurrection changed all of that for us. Completely wiped the slate clean. Now everyone has the same love of God. So Gentiles, you can imagine, like if that switch flipped overnight, or in three days in this case, right? That switch flipped in three days, Jesus was resurrected. It was probably pretty hard for a 50-year-old Jew to go, yeah, I love the Gentiles now, right? They're cool, totally good. No, that's not the case at all. Matter of fact, it was the Jewish Christians who were probably the worst offenders because they knew the old law, they knew the old scriptures, and they were trying to hold Gentiles to the same, the same type of thing, and they couldn't accept them, and they, they, they just couldn't get it. It wasn't a thing, and Paul was consistently dealing with this, and he's pushing through, trying to lead the way. He's watering that bamboo every day, and he's seeing nothing. And so we approach this scripture that really calls this out, and you can really hear how Paul feels uh, he's kind of putting his thoughts out to the church of Colossae. So I'm going to read this for you, and uh, let's, let's talk about this. I am glad when I suffer for you in my body, for I am participating in the, suffering, in the sufferings of Christ that continue for his body, the church. He's talking about the church. God has given me the responsibility of serving his church by proclaiming his entire message to you. This message was kept secret for centuries and generations past, but now it has been revealed to God's people. For God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing his glory. So we tell others about Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all the wisdom that God has given us. We want to present them to God perfect in their relationship to Christ. That's why I work and struggle so hard depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me. So understanding that backstory, that makes this super powerful, right? 
I mean, we're seeing this man who is grueling. And if you pay attention to Paul's story, the things he goes through, he's in jail. I mean, it's crazy the stuff this guy goes through, but he's continuing to lead the way because he has the power of Christ inside of him. And if you're not a believer today, you don't understand this. This is weird. This doesn't, you're like, what? God's power inside of me. I've never felt that. I don't get it. That's okay. You're not, you haven't had that experience yet. You might be in the stage where you need to surround yourself with people and watch and find out what the experience of God leading you is. It's completely okay. We accept this because we know, hey, we still have the message. The message is here. The message is there for me to give. The message is there for you to receive if you don't have it. So this means a lot to me personally, and it should mean a lot to you because I remember God's plan for me is to lead the way. And if Paul can lead the way, and he was a murderer of Christians, and he can lead us to the current set of understandings we have now as the modern church, he could start the modern church, then that gives me some really cool things to stand on. It gives me a really, really great motivation to, me, to lead forward. And, and the thing is, it's leading by example. Because if he didn't lead by example, people would know his past. There was no way anyone would have listened to Paul. No way Paul has any influence based off of his past. No way Gentiles have any influence based off of their past. But they are taking something and they are moving it forward based off of their experiences now. They saw this man die and raised from the dead, predict and pull off his own death and resurrection. And so now they're changed. They are living a different life by example. I remember um, a story of a little boy. He was addicted to sugar. And his mom goes, you know what? This is not good for him. This is not healthy. You know who his idol was? His idol was Mahatma Gandhi. They lived in the region. They were close enough to Gandhi that she could get him there. This was miles and miles and miles away. They packed up, and she said, we're going to go, and I'm going to get Gandhi to talk to him because he is addicted to sugar, and this is bad. So they make the trek miles and miles away, miles away, sun. It's just a horrible situation. They get there finally, and he, he, he stands in front of Gandhi, and his mom's like, hey, you know, my son's addicted to sugar. I really need, to need you to tell him to stop eating sugar. It's bad for his health. And Gandhi says, I can't do that. You're going to have to come back in two weeks. His mom was like, okay. Well, she didn't want to offend him, so okay, so they just left. And so now she's thinking, okay, well, uh, he's, he told me to come back in two weeks. I love my son. Okay, we'll do it. So they go home, waits two weeks, do the same trek, miles and miles in the sun, and this brutal, brutal journey to get back to Gandhi. They stand in front of Gandhi, and mom says the same thing, and Gandhi looks at him and says, you need to stop eating sugar. It's bad for your health. The boy goes, okay, absolutely, you're right, you're right. You know, I, I, man, you're my idol. Okay, I'll, I'll work really hard at this. I want, now, at this point, the mom is, she's like probably steam coming out of her ears. So what is going on? And so she's, no disrespect, sir, but, you know, Gandhi, why, did, why didn't you say this to him two weeks ago when I brought him out here? And Gandhi looked at her and smiled, and he said, because two weeks ago, I was still eating sugar. And I'm like, I heard that story the first time, and I thought, that's kind of stupid. Right? But then I started thinking about it, and I was like, okay, the principle in that is mind. That, like, the discipline 
And if this is true at all, and I hope it is, I mean, I've, I've read it and I've heard it and I think it's a true story. So if this is true at all, you're talking about a man who knew. He could have he totally asked that boy to stop eating sugar and he would have never known. He wouldn't have known that Gandhi also loved sugar too much. And he would have never known that it struck a nerve in Gandhi to go, I need to actually get that under control. And in that moment, he led the way to go, I can't tell him not to do that because I'm doing it. And so he took two weeks to get himself straight. He led by example and said, now stop eating it because I'm not eating it. And to me, that is a powerful example of God's plan is to lead the way. There's something you can lead the way. How you live your life affects your leadership. How you live your life is going to decide whether you get that leadership streak, right? Your leadership streak. This is the reason that you don't smoke pot. You don't smoke. It's, you don't say, oh, no, I'm not going to smoke pot because it makes me a bad person. No, you should say, I don't smoke pot because that will break my leadership streak. That'll break, that'll break my streak. You don't go to parties and drink, and you're not old enough. You don't go there and drink because it make, and say, I don't want to do that. It'll make me a bad person. That's the wrong way to see it, guys. We have to flip the script on why we aren't doing something. You, you need to not do it because it's going to break the streak of your leadership. And the people around you are watching your influence. They're watching your example. And so you lead them by living that life of good example. So what happens when uh, people's perceptions of you and you say, okay, but I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I need to lead that. I need to lead that life. People are watching me. What happens when I mess up? What happens when I break that streak, right? Is this going to happen? I'm going to do it. You're going to do it. We're going to break that streak. What do we do then? Well, what we talked about earlier is my favorite leaders and the people that I respect admit it. They come out and say, look, you know, this is on me. You don't put on a mask. You don't hide it. You don't bury it. You don't just keep trying not to physically harm yourself if that's something that you're doing. You don't just say, oh, no, I'm going to try to get over this depression on my own. No, we all are going to have things in our lives that creep up on us, and we break our streak, and we just crawl in a hole, or we do that thing that we don't want to do. Paul even had a thorn in his side. That's what he called it. Now, we don't know exactly what that is, but he called it his thorn in his side. He had his struggle, and he had to admit it. And so what happens is when you admit that, you actually become a stronger leader. By admitting your failures, you become a stronger leader, and hopefully you're going to have surrounded yourself with people who will take that and help you learn from it, and you're going to be a better person because of that failure. Don't let your failures define you. If you let your failures define you, remember your mind is going to win. Your mind is going to take your failure, and it's, and it's going to become realized in your life. So that's what happens. You admit it. You move forward. You grab your leadership streak, and you run with it again. You try to get that streak going. People are watching. you got to use that influence. You have to use that influence. I, I think of Steve Jobs as one of the most dedicated, driven people that I know. Uh, and those of you that use Apple devices, obviously, you know, the iPod was huge. There was rumors that there were 900 designs, 900 different designs. And there was over two dozen prototypes before one ever got signed off on and used. And it single-handedly changed the way we all do music now. All of us, our phones, iPods, everything. It changed everything. And he was completely open and forthright with saying, look, we failed a lot, a bunch. 
900 designs, 24, 25, 26 prototypes, but now we have revolutionary product that we can all carry in our pocket, listen to all of our music. Another great example of staying consistent. He had to get his streak going and they had to keep going and he led that place until they found the right design. And now we have what we know as modern iPod. Most of us use our iPhone now, which was clearly an amazing product, probably the same amount of, of, uh, of things to go. So what are, what are, where am I going with this? Where, where do we start? So what do we do now? We heard all of that. We realize, you know, what our minds will be realized. Be a part of your failure. Let your failure grow. Lead the way. I want to be that. I want to be all of that. So tell me where to start. So here's where we're going to start tonight. I want everyone in here to pick a person. This can be any person in your life. A family member, a sports team, a person on your sports team, a person you sit beside, a person you ride the bus with, whatever. It doesn't matter. Pick a person, okay? Someone you want that, that you want to love God, live differently, that you want to lead. Get that person in your mind. That's going to be your bamboo tree. This is the person that you are going to have to commit your time and your energy to be consistent. Now, your leadership, your leadership streak matters. Trust me, it matters way more than your Snapchat streak. And so this person, they're watching you whether you think they are or not. This is your bamboo tree. Okay, they're watching you. You may not see them making great decisions now. You may not see the fruit in their lives from what you're doing right now. But I promise you, I promise you, you stay diligent, something will come of it. Something will happen. Now, you might be saying, okay, well, what if I put all that time in and I get burned? What if I get hurt? What if they totally reject me? What if they go the other way? What if they never uh, start living differently or wanting to serve or any of this? That's okay. You know why? Because other people are watching you while you're leading them. And guess what? You're leading them as well. Because your influence and your example and your leadership streak is adding up with all the people around you. And that leadership streak is going to set you up for success to lead the way. Because remember, God's plan is for you to lead the way. So you can start your leadership streak with that one person, right? That's the point. It's a relationship, my streak, with that one person. And everyone around you is going to see you living that, and they're going to follow that same example. So does everybody have a person? Yeah. Everybody's got something? And if you don't have a, a, per, a, a person, that's a non-Christian that's a friend or whatever, that's cool. You know what? This isn't even in my notes. I'm just going to, I'm going to tell you this story. It just popped in my head. When I was in college... We were obviously all Christians, and we were going to school to be youth ministers and family ministers and um, preachers and fill in the blank. So we were all Christians. I mean, it wasn't like I could go down the, the dorm room and hang out with non-Christians. And so what would happen is we would find ourselves in a room, and it's a room full of Christians, and there would be dirty jokes getting told. Or there would be something on TV, you know, that we were like, man, this is, this is pretty rough. You know, we, this... We would have that kind of conviction going on. And it's a room full of Christians. And no one wanted to step up and lead the way. No one ever wanted to be the guy because we were like, oh, man, we're too worried. Like, are they going to judge me? Are they going to think I'm a prude? Fill in the blank. That's a whole nother step. That's a whole nother level. I'm not talking about a non-Christian. I'm talking about being in the room with people. So here's what happened. One day I noticed one of our friends, he had his eyes closed. He was just kind of sitting in the corner. And I noticed somebody was telling a pretty rough joke. And his eyes were closed. And then it would kind of, he'd kind of come back to the... And I noticed this, this behavior happening for a couple weeks. And finally, I went up and I said, Fugate, his name's Jeff Fugate. I said, Fugate, what is going on, man? He was like, oh, um, you know, when people start gossiping or when somebody starts telling a bad joke or whatever, he's like, I just pray for them. 
He said, I just close my eyes and just pray for him right there. He's like, because I, I, I don't want to be a part of that. And he said, and I'm not just going to leave the room, right? He's like, I, I just close my eyes and I pray for him. And I'm going to tell you, that influenced me. I mean, that right there, I mean, I, how did it just come to me now, you know, 15 years later? That was, he led the way in a powerful way. And all he did was close his eyes and pray for a person who was in a bad spot at that moment, who was making a bad decision. He didn't call him out. He didn't judge him. He didn't even know he was influencing me. He didn't know, but his, his streak, me seeing him be consistent, doing this over and over, made me go to him and go, Fugate, what are you doing, man? Like, you just kind of zone out, dude. And you close your eyes and go away for a minute. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm praying for them. And that's just been a powerful statement. I, I don't even know where that came from, but I feel like I should just share that. So if, for the, of those of you that feel like you don't have any non-Christian friends, feel like you may be stuck somewhere, just remember there's always influence to be had. And remember, God's plan for you is to lead the way. Remember, I told you, I'm going to ask all of you to start a bamboo tree. So remember your bamboo tree and be consistent and develop your leadership streak with them. And it will pay off so huge. So huge. God's plan for you is to lead the way. All right, let's pray. God, thank you so much for every single person in this room. I know we vary in age greatly from young to older. And uh, we love this opportunity. We love the opportunity because we get to sit here and open up our minds and our hearts and hopefully learn something that's going to help us take a next step. And God, mostly we want to ask you to keep us on top of our leadership streak. Keep us on it. It's very important to us. This leadership streak is probably the most important thing that we can use. Help us. Help us. Help us. Put your hand over us. Help us to remember. Help for us not to be so busy that we forget about this concept. Help for us to ingrain the idea of a bamboo tree in our minds so that Tomorrow when we wake up, we'll think about that person and we'll invest and we'll know that in time they're developing roots. And through you, hopefully, you can help push that person to their next step through our influence, through our leadership streak. We thank you so much for this opportunity. Be with us. Keep us safe throughout the next few days. And we love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you would like to get more information on Impact Student Ministry or The Summit Church, visit us online at thesummitchurch.net.